I decided if I could intervene on some of these healthcare students and really help them and progress their mindset and prevent them from kind of getting to that burnt out stage. Welcome back to the Clinical Athlete Podcast. If you're not familiar with Clinical Athlete, we're a network of healthcare providers, students, and coaches who specialize in the management of athletes. We have two missions. The first mission is to connect athletes with professionals who they can trust. And our second mission is to create a community and foster the education of those professionals and future professionals in the realm of athlete health and performance. This podcast is one way that we fulfill those missions. And if you're one of our six listeners who enjoy the show, do us a favor and give it a rating on your favorite podcast platform so that we can get the information out to as many people as possible. In fact, pause this right now, hit that five star, give us a nice review, boom, duty to clinical athlete fulfilled. To learn more about Clinical Athlete, head on over to the website, clinicalathlete.com, and join the free Kalu Community Facebook group where Clinical Athlete and the Level Up Initiative uh, communities have combined to form an amazing group with several different types of learning opportunities. You can join the Kalu Community Facebook group by clicking the link in the show notes and grab you a ticket to the 2021 Kalu Summit, the virtual Kalu Summit happening this September. That link is also in the show notes. My name is Quinn Hennick. I'm a doctor of physical therapy in Orange County, California at Clinical Athlete Newport. We've got another student edition coming at you with our Clinical Athlete Student Ambassadors leading the way. Physical therapy students Chris Ewan, Megan Broussard, along with chiropractic student Derek Bark will bring other students within the Kalu community onto the show to discuss their journey. On this episode, our Clinical Athlete Student Ambassadors brought on Andrea Farmer, who is a physical therapy student. She's an active member of the clinical athlete and Kalu communities. And Andrea dives deep into what her student life is like while juggling many things in her life outside of school. In fact, time and stress management are things she's so passionate about that she started her own business helping other healthcare students manage their time and priorities while in school. So if you're a student wanting to hear how other students are navigating their experiences, this show is for you. We hope you enjoy. All right. So we're going to go ahead and get started. What's up, everyone? Uh, Today, we have the awesome opportunity of getting to talk to Andrea Farmer, who is a second-year PT student out in Florida uh, at the University of North Florida. And so, Andrea, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and say hi to the people. Hey, everybody. Um, yeah, I'm happy to be here. This is legit, like the pinnacle of my career. So, super excited. Awesome. And we also, of course, have Derek Bark on with us and Chris Hewen, um, as per usual. What's up, guys? What up? Chris is eating something. That's going to be fun. Um, <laughs> have you ever had a gingin? Have I ever had a what? Gingin. What's that? It's irrelevant. It doesn't that. matter. It's like a ginger candy. That sounds disgusting. Oh, I love ginger. That actually sounds good. I recommend. I don't know. I'll have to look that up. All right. Um, 
So to kind of get this conversation started, um, we know that you're in PT school. Why don't you tell us a little bit about maybe what got you interested in that, um, kind of where you started, and we'll kind of go from there. Yeah, so um, I kind of have a weird-ish background. Um, when I, I grew up kind of like on a small farm, um, always like typical girl in a rural area, wanted to grow up and be a vet. Um, I actually went to high school and did like a magnet program for vet assisting and all that. And then when I was 16, my mom took me to the doctor because I was complaining all the time of low back pain. Um, it was uh, sitting at a desk, driving cars. Like I couldn't go on long distance road trips, like anything like that. Um, cause it was so bad and it just was such a bad, like dull ache all the time. So I looked into having Derek Miles as my PT at 16, um, and he kicked my ass, and it was great. And uh, I actually got into, like, weightlifting because of it, and then it really just kind of developed from there. And, like, from that experience, I developed a passion for PT just because I saw how it changed my life. Um, Like, when I say I, like, couldn't go on car rides, like, it was like 30 minutes max. Um, so he literally like everything we did changed my life. And I thought it was interesting how at the time I viewed it as people are like a puzzle and you just solve this one thing and that's, everything's great. Now I know that's not the case anymore usually, but, um, it was really interesting to me. And so my passion just grew from there. That's awesome. Did you know you were choosing Derek Miles for your PT or who you were choosing or did you just randomly happen to go there? No. So, um, my sister had actually just had a shoulder surgery at the same place and she was seeing a, um, a different PT. And when, I guess when like we found out that I was getting a referral to PT, um, she talked to the guy she was seeing and he said, she, 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 see, mm words are hard. She should see Derek. Um, so I kind of have him to thank as well. What did, I mean, I worked with Derek for a year at Stanford, but I'm curious, what was your initial perception of him? And then what was treatment actually like with low back pain? Cause I, the whole time I was there, I never saw him with a patient with low back pain. Um, so I was terrified at first because he's obviously like a very large kind of almost scary looking guy at first. Um, and like, he's got a big booming voice and I was this tiny 16 year old girl and I had no idea what was happening. And I actually showed up for the first PT visit in like pajama pants and Sperry's. And, um, I had no, I'd never heard a PT before. I had no idea what I was in for. And ended up doing like a full blown workout and left like sweating. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to wear workout clothes next time because this was not fun. Um, I was doing single leg deadlifts the first day in Sperry's and like Hollister pajama pants. Uh, so that, that was fun. And then, uh, yeah, so that was basically every work, every like PT session was a hellacious workout basically. Um, lots of squats, lots of squats, like against a wall, trying to make me use like my posterior chain more, um, planking, single leg deadlifts, posterior medial taps, all the, all the weights. Um, I remember being so sore the first like two weeks that I couldn't even bend over to wash my hands in the sink because my posterior chain was so shot. 
it was it was a great time. <laughs> so then from that experience, you obviously chose to go to PT school. Did you choose to go where you are now for a specific reason or not? Um, no, I ended up just, no, I just wanted to go to PT school um, in somewhere in Florida and somewhere close to home. So I'm from like the Gainesville area. So UF is, was like an obvious kind of first choice for me. Um, I applied there and I only applied there the first year. Like that was the only place I went to or I applied for. And then I ended up getting waitlisted and then didn't make it in. Um, so I reapplied the next year and I reapplied to four schools and I ended up getting into, still didn't get into UF, but that was like a PT cast, like transcript issue. And it was, it was a hot mess, but, um, ended up getting into two schools, two schools. And I ended up choosing UNF because it's closest to home. Um, so it was between UNF and UCF and I don't like Orlando. So. Gotcha. Um, and I know you are married and you are living on a farm. Is that correct? Yeah. So, um, we have, we live on 15 acres. Um, we have like wooded woods behind our house. So we actually like hunt on our, um, wooded property. And then, um, we have, we had more cows, but we ended up selling some of them. Um, so we have three baby cows right now. And then I have my horse, we have 13 chickens and two house dogs. Gotcha. Wow. Yeah. It's <laughs> That's a, a lot. lot. Yeah. <laughs> In the midst of PT school, mind you. Yeah. And um, planning wedding and everything. So yeah, I'm married. Yeah. I got married two months after PT school started. So that was very fun. Yeah. Was, that, then, was that planned the timing of the marriage, uh, going into PT school or did it just work out that way? Um, it kind of worked out that way. So we got engaged in March of 2018 and I had applied that first year to start in 2018. And um, we kind of just decided, um, we, I liked October. So that was just why I stuck with October. So we needed more time than six months to plan a wedding. So we just decided to have it in October of 2019. Um, and then I didn't get in the first year. So then it just happened to be two months after I started PT school. Gotcha. So in the midst of all of that, and then also juggling PT school, you've also been pretty involved with platforms like Level Up and Clinical Athlete. So how did you kind of hear about um, each of those and how did you start getting involved? Um, yeah, so again, I give credit to Derek for this. Um, I was, I just started working at a chiropractic clinic, kind of like an exercise tech, exercise physiologist. Um, right after I graduated undergrad and honestly, like I got bored with not learning stuff. Um, so I was like, I, I mean, I got to do something. So I looked him up just because I trusted him and wanted to see like what he was into because he had at that point left for Stanford. Um, and so that was where I found the clinical athlete podcast. So I listened to all of those and got hooked and then that just led to level up which led to like everything else. I don't even know where it went from there. So yeah, um, started with the clinical athlete podcast and then I did the level up mentorship last spring. Uh, I think I was the fourth cohort. And then uh, I think me and you, Megan met at the level up meetup 
and CS at CSM. And then, yeah, so it's just developed from there with the Cal U summit and I'm just excited to see whatever, whatever we can get involved in going forward is going to be great. Yeah, I would agree. Um, what would you maybe say your experience has been like with each of those, um, like platforms and then just, or maybe your biggest takeaways? Um, like from each of them? Yeah. Or from both of them now that they're, we're merging. Yeah. Um, so it's, it kind of works out with how they designed the Cal U summit because level up was definitely, it's like a big communication, um, really harping on, open mindset and critical thinking and learning how to communicate with people um, effectively. And then with a clinical athlete, I would definitely say more on like the loading, um, like loading patients and uh, not being afraid to load people, I guess. And we should try not to underload patients like we do. And so more of that, like exercise prescription side of things. Gotcha. Have you found that it's hard at all to like stay involved with each of those or yeah, with everything as far as being a student and also trying to Yeah, so um level up is was nice because it was um like kind of planned out and you had like a curriculum you followed. And so when I have something like that to follow, it's really easy for me to just put it on my calendar and just keep going through it. Um, with clinical athlete, like I stay up on the podcast and everything because I do commute to Jacksonville from Gainesville. So podcasts are super easy for me to stay up on. Um, I don't read papers and stuff like that as much. And I'm not as active on the forum because I drive for anywhere from six to nine hours a week. And so that's kind of where a lot of my extra time goes. Um, so I try to stay up on the forum. Um, I'll come in on stuff here and there but it's hard because I kind of have like my school priorities, obviously. And then I have life priorities and then now I have my business priorities. And so I let, I love the clinical athlete forum and Chris's resource guides have been absolutely incredible. Um, but I'm kind of hoping I can get more involved when things calm down, maybe a little bit <laughs> ever. Yeah. Well, you're doing a lot and that's a, a good segue to, and to talking about um, the new business that you've, recently started. So, um, why don't you just go ahead and tell us a little bit more about that maybe kind of how it came to fruition, um, and why you decided to go for it now? Yeah. So, um, it actually kind of started back in the fall. Uh, we had our pathopharmacology class and we were learning about physical activity guidelines and really just showing about how big of an effect physical activity has on all of these health conditions and all-cause mortality and how important that is. So it started as me just trying to do like coaching on my own, um, posted on Facebook. I don't think I posted on Instagram, but basically had a lot of support, but no takers. And at that point, it was like super bare bones, like Google Excel sheets. I didn't really feel very confident in what I was like trying to do, even though the concept itself is easy. Um, just trying to make sure people move and get the minimums in. Um, I didn't really have the confidence to take it to like the next level or anything like that. And then um, I just started really feeling 
like more passionate about it once we started our cardio poem class. And I was like, I like, I was just so like, why, like we need to get people to move. Like it's, why are we not like harping on this preventative side and preventing diabetes, preventing stroke, preventing heart attacks, preventing all these issues that have um, a huge burden on the healthcare system. And we're just treating people afterwards. I was like, that's, that doesn't make sense to me. Like, why wouldn't we try to intervene before any of this happens and has a burden on people's lives and the healthcare system? Um, so I was just really feeling fired up and I actually saw um, Frank Benedetto's post. It was a um, like call to action post for, uh, I think he was looking for people, female, like women wanting to start a business. And I don't know, they're just kind of, I guess, specifically calling out women. Um, kind of felt like it was to me because I'm a female, obviously. Um, but so I just messaged him and we ended up hopping on a call and moved some things around and ended up signing up and joining the Honey Badger Project, which has been incredible. Everybody there is awesome. Um, so yeah, I started with the Honey Badger Project, um, had some big life events happen and I got a really slow start um, just cause I just like, I couldn't do anything. It was like mentally, I just wasn't there. Um, so then finally kind of got started on everything and ended up evolving it after talking to John Flagg and Frank and his partner Cedric, um, really decided that I wanted to make it something actionable. Cause if you try to help everybody, then it's really hard to help anybody because it's hard to narrow down to somebody and really speak to them. So I actually decided to try to have like an upstream effect with um, helping healthcare students. So I'm still trying to get those physical activity guidelines in, but then also focusing on um, stress management and trying to make sure people aren't getting overwhelmed and working on mindset because burnout is a huge issue. I know in PT at least, and then I know some nursing students personally that burnout's just huge for them. And they really just kind of get to a point where they graduate and they're like, dude, I'm done. Like, I just want a job. I don't care. And there's also a huge issue where PT um, new grads are like really underpaid because they just come out and they just want a job. They don't care what it is. Um, that seems to be a big theme. So I decided if I could intervene on some of these um, healthcare students and really help them and um, progress their mindset and prevent them from kind of getting to that burnt out stage, then maybe we can have some upstream effects, teach them about the physical activity guidelines um, and really harp on that and let them see that how much like that can help you. And then um, downstream, it'll have the effect on their patients that they can educate and then maybe they won't take all these low paying jobs in these mill mill like PT clinics. And we can try to help the healthcare system that way, maybe a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. That's really great to hear you talk about it. Um, <laughs> Cause it does seem like you're really passionate about it, um, which I think is super important. Um, and you said the main driver for that was kind of what you had been learning in school, correct? Yeah, that's correct and maybe like other classmates that you were talking to or other students? Yeah. So I, like a lot of my classmates, they just are kind of, I was talking to them actually when I was first having this idea and a lot of them were like, 
I just like, do you want to do this coaching? And this was back when I posted on Facebook in the fall, <clears throat> excuse me. And they're like, yeah, you like have this idea and it sounds really cool. They're like, I don't like, I don't care. I just want to get a job and work. And that's like nothing against them. It was just, it was really stressful. And I ended up finding something that I felt really passionate about, but I was like, how, I don't know. I was like, how are we just like already in not even halfway through second year and people are like not really feeling passion anymore. Like, why are we burnt out already? Like, it didn't make sense to me. Um, so that was where I was like, I can't, like, I can't be the only one that's passionate about this. Like, and that's what it felt like. I was telling my, um, people that in my class, we were talking before lab one day about, um, how I was trying to start the coaching thing. And I was like, yeah, now I'm kind of like inspired. Like, I don't know if I want to go work for this place and then try to work up and be management and change it from the top down. Or do I want to open my own clinic and have private practice and try to just help people from there and pull them away from this, some of these broken systems. And like I said, they were just like, wow, like, I don't even care. I just want to get a job. Like, and I don't know, that just hit me. I was like, we shouldn't like nothing. Like I don't blame them at all, but I was like, that should, I feel like that's not how we should be. Going off that I, I'm, I can relate a lot. I've been, so I'm in the same position as you are. I'm finishing on my second year and I've been talking to a lot of the third years who are about to graduate. And I've asked them, you know, do you have a job lined up? Have you applied anywhere? And it's this very, very like complacent, uh, I'm kind of looking into it or I'm looking at LinkedIn or like, you know, I'm, and they'll list a few places and it's all like the mill or chain clinics. And it's just, it's kind of what you're saying. It's this just happiness to have a job, which I can understand in the current situation that that's obviously better than nothing, but it's this assumption that I'm going to, you know, be in this clinic and then I don't think there's an understanding or the awareness of ability to network prior to that situation of like, what are these resources, you know, online with all these communities or what are the other options I have besides just going straight into like, you know, traditional outpatient ortho and getting paid bare minimum and then getting burnt out in a few years. So I don't think people are proactive enough in PT school school or chiropractic school or whatever to realize that you don't have to end up that way. And you may be a lot happier, um, with so many other options prior to that. Yeah, I completely agree. And that's like also touching on another point is getting involved with stuff out, like while you're in PT school. Um, I was lucky enough to get involved and know about clinical athlete before I even started school. And I was listening to it for like a good year and a half before I even started. So I'd had time to kind of take in some of these ideas that everybody was throwing around and I didn't understand them. And I'm not going to pretend that I understand all of them perfectly now, but I feel like it just gave me this like a bigger mindset and like the critical thinking type thing. It's like what we're learning in school isn't the end all be all. And I see like, again, it's, I don't blame them, but like I see some of my classmates and they're like, what our teachers saying or like is word like that's what we go by because that's what we're taught and then I think it's unfortunate that some students feel like they don't have the time and they can't handle trying to get involved and like listening to podcasts and trying to get involved in these communities and 
Like I know a lot of my um, classmates are like, oh, I don't even have time to do the Level Up Initiative cohort. I'm like, it's like four hours a month. Like, what do you mean you don't have time? So that's also kind of like part of um, what I would like to um, implement in my business is some time management stuff. And so I've been posting some of that stuff on Instagram already, but there's just so many like areas that I can like want to try to like intervene on to improve because there is time. Like I can promise you there's time because I drive nine hours a week and I listen to all this stuff and I do all this other stuff and I have great grades. Like I'm not trying to like toot my horn or anything, but like it's doable. Like it's not impossible. Have you found that you've had any success with maybe encouraging some of your peers to be more involved or just not really at all? Cause I know I have personally struggled with that at times. Um, and I think Chris has talked about that before too, but just out of curiosity. Yeah. So I, I've kind of slacked off a little bit just because I wasn't really getting like, nobody was really interested in anything. Um, at first, like first year, I was like sharing all these podcasts, like, yo, y'all had to listen to this. This was great. This had some really good insights about like what we're learning now, or like in the second year, having our orthopedic classes, um, especially um, like the clinical athlete, their shoulder podcast came out like right after we learned shoulder. And I was like, y'all have to listen to this. Like, this is great. Um, and then like, nobody would really do it. And thankfully I did get two of my like best friends in PT school that I study with all the time, finally convinced them to sign up for level up. So they're doing that now. Um, it took a while, but they finally did it and, um, they're getting, they're getting a lot out of it, but again, they kind of feel overwhelmed with like time, but that's another conversation. Um, and then one other person in my class that I know of is doing the level up initiative this semester. Um, so yeah, it's been hard. And um, like I said, I kind of slacked off and I probably shouldn't have. I probably should just keep being annoying and posting stuff in our group me page and on our Facebook page and telling people to listen to this stuff because I mean, even one person listening is better than nobody. So. Hey guys, Quinn Hennick here. A little brain break from the great conversation amongst our clinical athlete student ambassadors and clinical athlete student member, Andrea Farmer. If you haven't gotten your ticket for the virtual 2021 Calu Summit. Get on that. The link is in the show notes. You're going to have a serious case of FOMO if you are not there to join in the fun. And now back to the show. As you were saying that, I was thinking about how I've spent so much time like pushing the envelope of trying to send it on GroupMe, trying to send emails to my class, and there always being this lack of interest. And I've realized the more I just do my own thing and kind of just put my head down and do the work that people are real will reach out more. And it's less of like, you're trying to, you know, force them to do it. It's they see you consistently doing X, Y, Z. And that I think is more motivation. I'm motivating. I'm sure that's the same, like with what you're saying and with what you're posting and they'll like, you know, naturally gravitated it or Derek, I'm sure like you and Logan together, just being, you know, getting work done at your school. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe. And then Megan as well, but it's like people notice whether it's on Instagram or, you know, they're like, how does this student have the time to do X, Y, Z? Cause a lot of students, they feel stressed just taking class. And it's just, as you said, 
you can manage a lot more than you think and tolerate it. But maybe the best idea isn't consistently, you know, pushing students. It's having them eventually come to the realization that hmm, maybe I should be inquisitive as to why this person can do X, Y, Z. Yeah, I agree. And I've had, I have noticed, um, I stopped posting a little bit. Um, like once we started, um, fall of this past year, so our fall second year, um, I kind of slacked off a little bit on posting stuff because we were super busy. We had like 12 group projects that semester. It was awful. Um, but so I wasn't posting quite as much in there. And then I did notice a few people, like I would make a comment. Um, we would try to study like in the spring, and I'd be, I had went to a, I did the Barbell Medicine online um, conference, pain and rehab conference at the end of January. And I had a few people comment on like, how do you have the time for this? I was like, I don't know. I have Saturdays free. What do you, like, what do you, what else am I going to do? Like, I don't know. I just make the time because it's important. And I guess that's kind of what it comes down to is priorities. Like I want to learn stuff in school too. Like, obviously that's what I'm there for. I want to learn what I need to and just go from there. And a lot of people I find, I think, want to like master everything immediately. And that's, I think a lot of PT students and um, healthcare students tend to be like that, where they might be these type A students, they want to get perfect grades, a hundreds on everything. And it's, it's, that's great, but it's not necessary to learn it that way. You don't have to memorize everything for every single exam. You need to be able to connect the dots and create these like, um, like connect all the concepts. And so I focus on that instead of trying to like master everything. And I think because of that, I then have time to make priorities for everything else too. So people have noticed, um, and I hope it influences them. I mean, at that point, that's the most I can do. So. Yeah, I think that's a good point because you can't force someone to, to do something. Um, and I think like Chris was saying, the people who you attract by example are the ones who are going to follow through and do that thing anyways. So there's a fine line between, I guess, shoving stuff down people's throats and also shutting up and just kind of leading by example. Yeah, definitely. Like I, I know I definitely stopped sharing like uh, conferences that I found that were really like either really good deal or anything like that, because that's just the people definitely aren't just going to go to a weekend conference, but podcasts I'll still share occasionally because it's easier to get someone to listen to a podcast and it's good info. And I don't want them to not just even know that it exists. So I like to just throw stuff out there and at least just be like, Hey, listen to this if you get a chance. But I've definitely been a little bit more selective. Right. Um, do you find or do you think that the COVID situation has impacted um, like people's sense of burnout like we were talking about before at all or? Oh, yeah, um, definitely. I'm very over Zoom burnout. Um Zoom University is very old and I am tired of sitting on my computer all day, every day. Um, yesterday I was on my computer from 9am to 6pm. Um, and it was awful, like literally the entire time between class meetings and then group project meetings and like all these calls. And it was just, it's, 
I, w- I went outside yesterday. I was like, this is the first time I've been outside all day. And I was at like 7 p.m. I was like, this is bad. Um, and it's a year in. And that's what it's been like the entire time. I'm sure that's maybe similar for y'all too. Um, and that's what just, that's another thing with the physical activity is like, we don't, like now we're not on campus, but we used to be before we, we could go for a walk around campus and chit chat about stuff. We could take our phone with us and try to study a study guide. And now if we want to study together, we have to be sitting on a zoom call. So it's definitely, um, I think gotten worse and we're all just like tired of being stuck in our house and stuck on our computer all day. And the last thing I want to do after like nine hours of sitting on zoom is then sit on my computer for another three hours and study. So it's, it's definitely been challenging and I definitely think it's contributed to some of the burnout that we felt. Do y'all, I'm just kind of shocked cause you're in Florida. Y'all, how much in person do you have? Like in Texas right now we have, uh, and this has been the whole year pretty much, but our labs are in person. So we meet each day for lab because we have one every day and then lecture still online. What about y'all? Uh, yeah, so the university systems have been a lot more um, conservative in Florida, I guess, because I think Florida is like a vacation spot and um, like we have like Miami was a huge hot spot. And so a lot of students at all the universities are from Miami or South Florida, that general area. Um, so they really didn't want people coming back on campus very much. So in the fall, I think we had class on campus once a week and that was for our ortho lab and it was for an hour and a half. And so everything else was online. Um, we ended up our neuro class. We, they ended up just kind of, we didn't really have labs um, designed for that class, but there was some things that they ended up just pushing to this semester. Um, our patho farm, there wasn't labs for that class. So like, I guess for our classes, we don't have as much built-in labs until this semester. And so then this semester, we have labs for every class. So that's why I've been driving at least three days a week up until this, up until like this past week. Um, we've had class three days a week, but they tried to like consolidate it. So we're not there like every day. Um, but yeah, so we'll have... We have lab, I think for one class, we have lab four times this semester. The other classes, we have it once or twice a week, and then the other class once a week. So anywhere from two to three times a week on campus. So they've definitely been trying to get more like lecture um, material online and then just trying to condense the labs down so we're on campus less, which is, I mean, it's kind of annoying, but I can see their reasoning for it, so... Do you start clinicals in May or have you done any yet? Um, No. So we haven't done clinicals. We have a last spring, we have like a clinical practicum that we do. It's one day a week for half a day. And because of COVID, we did about six of those instead of like the entire semester. Um, So I was placed in acute care. So I was one of the first ones that was like, no, you're like, you're not coming back. Um, And then... So yeah, so then our next like full-time clinical is in May. Did you, do you get a pick where you're going or are they all signed to you? 
We have somewhat of a say. It's been hard with COVID, as I'm sure y'all have maybe experienced, uh, maybe not in Texas, but um, a lot of sites have like withdrawn their spots. So last summer, we were actually sent out a list of spots and thought we were going to be assigned for this upcoming rotation. And then uh, most of those places like pulled back and said, "Mm, no, we're not actually going to take a student. So most of us aren't placed still for our upcoming May rotation. Um, And our director of clinical education is like the nicest, sweetest lady in the world. And I feel so bad for her because it's been awful for her trying to place everybody. Um, We can do special placements. So if you want to go somewhere um, and you can set it up ahead of time and we can get the contract signed or if we already have a contract with them, then we can arrange that. Um, But if not, then... We she just has to see who's going to give us spots and then assign people based on. She tries to go based on like preference, but at this point, it's not really that possible. If you could choose any place in Florida to do your rotation or plural rotations, what would you choose? In Florida. Uh, you can do anywhere. I just, I know. Well, so I actually have my first clinical set. Um, thanks to the Cal U community on Facebook. Um, I'm going to be at rehab to form in Maryland, um, with Zach Baker. And I'm super excited for that. Um, it's a long drive. I'm going to be away from home for seven weeks and it was expensive to rent an apartment, but I don't know. I I wanted to know where I was going and know that it was going to be somewhere good that I would learn from. Um, so when I think it was Jamie posted in the Cal U Facebook group um, asking for students, I was like, me, please take me. I want to go somewhere good. Um, other than that, if I like had to pick somewhere in Florida, I would want to stay in Gainesville. Um, I'd probably choose to go with Josh Barabbas at OSMI, um, the UF health system. So. Gotcha. Yeah, you'll you'll have a lot of fun with Zach. He's cool. So yeah, that'll be that'll be a great first rotation for you. Yeah, I'm excited. I've already got like everything booked up there, and I'm like, I'm gonna, be, I'm sad to leave, um, but I may come back one time. I don't know, but I'm looking forward to it a lot. I'm really looking forward to being able to learn from them. Yeah, for sure. So you said um, you really like Gainesville. Do you plan on? staying there after graduation or do you plan on do you plan on continuing this business that you've started after graduation what are your your thoughts there yeah so definitely staying in the Gainesville area um at least for the foreseeable future Uh, my family I grew up just north of Gainesville in a little town called Alachua um and then my husband he's from just outside of Gainesville he works in Gainesville has a really good job there so Um, all of our family is here. Um, so we have a bunch of like nieces and nephews. So we're, we're definitely not leaving anytime soon. Um, we'd like to like buy property, more property because 15 acres isn't enough. We want more cows than three. So, uh, we need more property for more cows. And yeah, so with the business side of things, I'm not quite sure where I want to go. The shutdown, um, really put like a, shift in my plans. Cause I wasn't sure, like I wanted to do something private practice or in like the local system. And then 
being home all the time, like it has its downsides, but it's also really nice. Um, like for thinking about like having kids in the future, like being able to spend more time with our children and being able to be home when my husband's home and not having to worry about like staying late at a clinic or anything like that has been really influential. So that's where I really like, um, jumped on the online, like the digital business with the honey badger project. So definitely digital for now. Cause I think that's going to give me some more options until I might shift to something hybrid at some point in the future, just because I really like the in-person um, contact. I really want to work with patients still. Um, so yeah, I'm still trying to kind of figure that out, but the business that I'm starting now, um, I plan on running with that for as long as I feel passionate about it. And then just maybe add things as I go and just see how it goes. So with the uh, business, I know you said, you know, that your specific niche is healthcare students. D is the play. Am I correct on that? Yes, that's correct. Is there currently a, a way to receive some type of monetary, you know, compensation or is this to, you know, create a following and then evolve into some type of consultation base or where do you see this transitioning from a, you know, financial perspective? Um, not quite sure. Cause right now it's like a, it's a like paid coaching thing. Um, so then like, I will have like a free Facebook group and stuff like that. Um, so I'm not sure if I like totally understood your question. Sorry. Okay. So it's currently you're having individuals that are you're coaching. Yeah. From like health. Okay. Got it. That was Yeah. So it's like a, a paid coaching, um, like business. So Megan, like it's basically what Jared does. It's just just a little bit shifted more towards like a lifestyle, um, like wellness, overall wellness type coaching versus like just a straight up like fitness or um, powerlifting coaching or anything like that. So it's the same exact setup. Basically, I actually am probably going to use true coach and just shift it to fit my needs. So got it. Okay, thanks for clearing that up. Yeah, no problem. That's awesome. Um, While you're doing that now, have you I know we've been talking about juggling time and trying to fit everything in while you're in school. Have you run into any problems trying to get the business up and going and also keep up with your schoolwork and also your training and just like everything in life? Yeah, it's not easy. Um, that's for sure. Or what, what advice would you give to other students who are also trying to juggle all these things? Um, yeah, so it definitely hasn't been easy. There's been times where um, I just did the bare minimum for school and really just went all in for trying to um, build some stuff for the business and working through some of those online modules and doing some of the work for that. There's been there's been a few weeks where school, like this past week, I had four exams. And so... Uh, like I ended up not training at all and it was awful. Now I'm really sore because it was my first day back in the gym. But um, it's kind of, I would say the biggest thing for me is like you have to pick priorities. And so like for me, biggest priority, I would say honestly right now is trying to like get my business up and running. Um, I And that's because I know I'm confident in my abilities for school and I know I know I know stuff and it's almost the end of the semester. So I'm not like that worried about like trying to cram a bunch of stuff in and learn it because I either know it or I don't at this point. Um, 
so yeah, the biggest priority this semester has been probably the business because um, it is a time like the Honey Badger project. You only have a certain amount of time where you actually have access to like everything. Um, you're always in the community, but it is a timed thing. Um, so I think I have 14 weeks for that. And so I've got a few more weeks still, but trying to make sure I can make the um, most progress with that in the time that I have. And then, so that's, like I said, that's been my priority. And then school is kind of second, obviously, because it's important, but um, I've figured out how I learn best, how I can um, really spend the minimum amount of time, but also maximize like how, like how I'm doing in school. And then um, family life is really important for us. So I try to like Sundays, we often go to my husband's parents or we'll do something like together. So I always, I just basically make priorities. If you don't have priorities, then you're just going to run around like a chicken with your head cut off and not know what to do. So um, one thing I actually like to do is kind of pick my like to do's for the list or to do's for the week, like the biggest things I need to do, whether that's finish something for the business or I really need to get this assignment done. So I have next week free or anything, um, write it down and then fit it into your schedule. Like you make it work. And if you have to cut out training to get all of that done, as long as I try to do two times a week, most weeks, um, that's the minimum that I like to do. Um, more is better, obviously, but it's basically about just figure out your priorities. If you don't have priorities, you, you can't really do much. Makes sense. Um, Anything else you would like to tell the people? All um, six of the listeners. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm one of them. So now there's only five. Uh, but uh, uh, so sad. But yeah, so to the five other people listening, um, it's doable. Like, I've talked to a few people that are worried about. Um, we also haven't mentioned that I also work at a grocery store on top of everything else I do. And like, it's doable. Like you just have to figure out what's a priority for you. Working obviously hasn't been a huge priority, but I have a horse that I have to pay for stuff. So I have to feed him. And so I need to make a little bit of money. Um, so it's just, it's doable. You just have to make your priorities. Like when I started PT school, I was getting married in October. So that was obviously a huge priority. But and so like at that point, like I was training because I had to fit into my wedding dress so training, school, and wedding planning, like that was all I like eat, sleep, breathe, all three of those things. After that, training kind of fell off for a little bit, but you just have to evaluate where you're at and figure out what's the most important and make it work because it's doable. Going off that, I think there's something to be said for having more on your plate, especially in school. Like the people that I know in my cohort that are the most successful are the ones that are the busiest outside of school. Like the girl that crushes the most is she literally had a child like the week before school. That's her second child. And she lives like an hour away. And she is like, you know, probably the smartest student in our class. It's like, well, you've got a husband, two kids, you've not got a short commute. And so there is to what you said, priorities, but also you know, if you're straight out of undergrad, you're 22 and you start school, you, I think the perception of having school like overwhelm you 
will happen. But then if you have these other things that you have to balance, then you truly have to figure out like, what is a priority right now? And how do I fit in the necessities of school or marriage or kids or things outside of that? And then you just, you force the time. Whereas if like all you have is school, then you, you know, everything becomes about that. And I think that's, you know, not super healthy and it's just not efficient. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, I would say, I don't know, just because we haven't been around each other in the last year, hardly at all. Um, like we're stuck into like groups of eight. And so all, all we know is those eight, what those eight people are doing for the most part. And so like one of my like best, um, the, one of the girls in my study group, she is a mom of four. She is in a, like elite marathoner. She's done an Ironman and she runs like 50 miles a week. She gets up at, <laughs> um, she gets up at like 4.45 every single day and goes and runs, comes back, gets her kids ready for school, does all the mom stuff. And then she studies a lot more than I do. So she cares a lot more about school than I currently do. But um, like it's, it's, it's true. I think the more you have to do, the more you learn to manage your time because you have to, like you don't have a choice like with kids and with her like marathoning and everything. Um, you have to fit it in because you don't have a choice. And I think that really does serve a good purpose and teaches you to balance everything. So I would agree. Awesome. Well, thank you again for coming on. Um, if people want to connect with you or find you on social media, uh, what is the best way to do that? Definitely Instagram. Um, my handle is Andrea underscore farmer underscore SPT, I think. Um, and so, yeah, I definitely Instagram. Uh, my emails get lost. Facebook, I don't even turn notifications on. So I check it like once every other day. Um, so yeah, I'm on Instagram entirely too much. It's honestly a problem, but there's so much good stuff on there. So uh, yeah, so that's best place to reach me. All right. Well, thanks thank again. you for having me. This was exciting. This is honestly like the highlight of my day. I've been looking forward to this. One last thank you to Andrea Farmer for being on the show. You can check out the show notes for contact information for everyone in today's conversation, including our all-star clinical athlete student ambassadors, Chris Hewen, Megan Broussard, and Derek Bark for everything that they do to help our student community. We just want to say thank you. And thank you, the clinical athlete community, all six of you, for joining us on this journey of knowledge and improved practice in both the gym and clinic. And one more time, Go to the link in the show notes. Get your ticket for the 2021 virtual Kalu Summit. It's going to be a blast. Thanks, everyone. Talk to you soon.